Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, everybody? It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's well, actually, it's special airtime here for Top Rope Nation coming at you a week early as we have done or a week early, a day early as we have done the last couple of years on these AEW Dynamite Grand Slam show nights. We're here to talk about what we saw at the Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight for what is traditionally one of the biggest television shows for AEW every single year. Ryan Drosty here joined by Justin Joint and Jesse Velasquez to talk about Dynamite. And Jesse, how are you doing tonight? Life's good. That was a very emotional roller coaster those last couple of hours. I'll have a fun story to tell when we get started with the card proper. It was a interesting show. I will say that. Not exactly what I expected, Justin Joint. How are you doing tonight? That's I'm fascinated to hear your guys' opinions because I haven't even really had a chance to look at social media because we're doing this, you know, right after the show. So I don't have a feel for how others, you know, felt about Grand Slam. And my viewing experience was uh tainted. So I I I I don't really even know how I feel about it. It's always hard to do these shows right away. Mm -hmm. You haven't really had time to let it settle at all. It's good for the viewership usually and the download numbers to get these out as soon as possible. And and we don't do it that often. So we're changing the pace. You know, we used to always go live right after pay-per-views. And now we kind of let that simmer a little bit. And we usually do them the next day. So this is a little bit out of our wheelhouse this week but uh we're doing it we, we've done it the last three years so we, we had to do it tonight and we got everyone together to watch it and to talk about it here so if you are joining us live in the chat room we appreciate you 
uh, if you're on the podcast feeds afterwards, we also also appreciate you. Now, if you are in the live chat tonight here on the SE Scoops YouTube channel, I do want to mention Super Chats are open. So if you want to support the show and get your comment featured during the live stream tonight, hit that Super Chat button. We would appreciate that. Um, you know, usually for pay-per-views, we do grades. Uh, I don't know. Should we do grades for this one? You can talk about this ahead of time. It's a TV show. I mean, I guess we could grade it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I think I'm probably at like a C plus on this one. Jesse, where would you be? I'm going a little higher than you. I'm I'm gonna say a B. I'm gonna go flat B on this okay. one. I'll I'll give a couple of reasons why. I think there were a couple of sloppy spots in the middle that completely drug this down, but you're riding a very high high in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I literally like the main event too. And I also like the match before the main event, probably better than most people, to be honest. So B. Okay. Justin, what about you? It has to be an incomplete for me because uh, I, I had a lot of family distractions during it. Even though I asked for some time to watch this, that just didn't really happen. So I I missed all of uh, Moxley and Phoenix and all but like the last minute of the women's match. Uh, having said that, though, uh, I really liked you know, the opening and the closing. Although even with those, I have my nitpicks. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like if I would had been able just to sit down for two hours without any distractions, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Um, I think unlike a lot of people, I wasn't really expecting a big surprise debut or anything like that. Um, so I, I mean, I guess if, 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 forced to give a grade on what I did see, I would go B minus. Okay. I think everyone went into this expecting something major to happen. Mm -hmm. Like with a debut, there was names being thrown out there. I I heard in a number of places, people thinking Mercedes might be there. And I threw it out on our Twitter page to see what people thought um, yesterday. I think it was. And I, I had some people tell me that, and this was like, two or three days ago that they thought she was going to be there, but people were playing it really close to the vest. So I was kind of expecting that. Um, obviously we didn't get Mercedes, you know, and there was other wild things getting thrown out. Like what if edge is there, but nobody, I don't know exactly when the contract runs out. I know we had heard September. I wasn't sure if that was the end of September or sometime in September. So, I mean, I was, I guess as I watched this, I was thinking, well, maybe he'll be there. And then, and you know, in the end, nothing major like that happened. No big surprises or anything. Uh, I mean, even Brian Alvarez, I think, said on Wrestling Observer Radio that something major was going to happen. And I don't think we got that. So um, in that way, I was was surprised. Yeah, I mean, one of those, I think, called on the fly. You know, it was uh, Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think I think with what happened with John Moxley, we'll talk about here. I I do not think that was planned. I I would be stunned if they had actually booked Ray Phoenix to win the title there tonight. That just seems totally out of nowhere maybe um we'll get that in a second though justin i know the match that you were most looking forward tonight opened the show mm-hmm. with uh claudio castanoli taking on eddie kingston you know title versus title you've been very active on our facebook group lately uh you know posting all those hype videos they've been making which have been tremendous by the way uh what'd you think of the match i thought it was really really good uh i really liked it 
Um, my energy was kind of cut off at the knees because literally at the finish with the second power bomb attempt, I had somebody in the household, you know, call my name. And so I, I looked away and I turned around to see the pinfall and it's like, Oh fuck, you know, I can rewind it and rewatch it, but you kind of lose that, you know, that, that feeling of in the moment. Um, so that hurt it for me a little bit. I'm going to just keep, I'm going to finish my nitpicking here real quick on this match. Cause I did enjoy it. I did love it. Uh, the only other thing I, I kind of wish the new Japan strong title was not involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I just think it took away from Eddie winning the ring of honor world championship. If only because, you know, I remember seeing the highlights in, in the finale of him winning that strong title. And I just think he showed a lot more emotion with that title win than he did with this one, which is, and, Maybe it's nothing. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Um, but that really distracted me, you know, seeing the differences in those title wins. Having said that, you know, when Eddie came in in 2020, he was on the verge of walking away from wrestling. He was selling his wrestling gear just to, you know, to pay the bills. And here we are three years later, and he's a world champion. The match was exactly what I think it needed to be. It told a great story. I especially liked uh, the Claudio working the hands because early on Eddie went for that you know spinning uh, back fist that he goes for, and and Claudio kind of you know dropped his head so that Kingston hit him on the top of the head. And and for anybody who has ever seen the better version of Gladiator, the boxing version you know top of the head hardest part of the body great movie highly recommend it to anybody out there uh so then you know the entire match claudio's work in the hands and just in the in the small things that they did i eddie obviously has a great love for japan and japan wrestling so naturally claudio came out in a ribera jacket and he was wearing green and white and trunks that looked pretty similar uh, to another famous mm-hmm. Japanese wrestler, uh, Misawa. Um, so that was really cool. And then in also, you know, Kawada or I, how did I, Jesse, you might be able to help me out here. Did Kawada tell Eddie to use the power bomb to win the title? Or did Eddie tell Kawada that he was going to use the power bomb to win the title? Either way, that's what happened. Uh, and that was kind of a perfect way to end this. I believe it was the latter. Okay. I think it was Eddie telling Kawada. Great, great calls on those. I was going to bring the attention to detail on that because that's one of the most storied feuds in pro wrestling history. Mm-hmm. The first six-star match, I believe, in the history of Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer newsletter. Retroactively. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. June of 93. June, I had something along those lines, but... Sadly, I missed about three and a half minutes, not to my own volition. Unfortunately, we had some wonky cable stuff going on slash sling stuff. So I got a a chance to watch maybe a minute and a half of that three and a half that I missed. So I didn't get the full, the full Monty, the full match. It was, it was great. It, everything, I really enjoyed the, the physicality about it, the working the limb. I thought that was tremendous. And that's an excellent point, by the way, Justin, on Kingston not showing the emotion with the Ring of Honor World Championship win. He did look up 
but you didn't see those visible tears that you saw when he won the the New Japan Strong Championship from yeah. Kenta. So you had to wonder there. And I guess a question that could be asked to the two of you, and we'll probably dive into this a little further later. What are they going to do with Ring of Honor? I mean, you, you got to get Honor Club out of the picture, I suppose, or even like throw it to max if that is if that's an option to do in early 2024 when AEW maybe gets moved over there with all, all the sports stuff that's getting added on because I'm looking at the Hung Bucks that are, what if they win the trios titles tonight? You have MJF and Adam Cole as your Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. You have your top AEW performers holding Ring of Honor Championships and we can't watch mm-hmm. anything and can't see any major stories really unfold unless it's on AEW TV. Yeah, I, I saw that the the Max add-on, the Bleacher Report add-on, I think that launches in October, and then it's going to be free for existing subscribers until, what is it, March? And then they'll start charging the $10 extra for it. So it's going to be, if you have Max, it will be free for several months, but obviously AEW is not mentioned in that release. They're, as of right now, not going to be featured on it. It's hard to believe they wouldn't be added eventually, you know, being part of that family on that network. So, God, I would assume they would be eventually, but yeah, I mean... You would you would want it to be on there because yeah the the amount of the audience that is seeing this is so little and to have that kind of star power featured with the titles does not make a lot of sense. You almost wish it was just like on their YouTube channel or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I you know I thought it was a good match. I did have some nitpicks throughout the night. I thought they made a lot of camera errors on how they shot stuff tonight. I'll, I'll mention a few in some different matches, but in this match, we all know how good Claudio is in the ring. But there was a couple of times where the way they were shooting his strikes, I think the uppercuts in particular, I mean, you could like clearly tell they were not connecting. And it kind of didn't ruin it, but it really stood out for me and kind of ruined my immersion in watching the match a little bit for a couple of seconds at least. Now, obviously, you know, the chops that Eddie was hitting, that's not a problem. So I, even even with that, I mean, there were some brutal sections in this match. There was a point where um, like Eddie's head bounced off that plexiglass on the, on the ramp oh, on the yes. outside. Yes. Ooh, that was that was ugly. Uh, but outside of it, I mean, I thought it was pretty much what you needed. I thought Kingston would go over going in. I liked the finish with the power bomb and, and you know, the fist and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I can add anything on top of what Justin said. Justin, you pretty much hit every angle I would have I would have covered there. Um, how about the handshake at the end? I hmm. liked it. Except for, you know what I saw at the end of the show kind of like, I don't know, threw it under the bus a little bit or made it mean a little bit less. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't have done that in the Joe match. I don't yeah, think that, that needed was, it. It made, made sense. In this one sense. With a code of honor in the first match, but yes. with Joe, yeah, it made no sense. I don't think they needed it. We'll, to we'll get to, we'll get to that. Especially with no mention of ring of honor, even though both of them hold championships currently. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll go one thing I actually absolutely loved about the Kingston Claudio match was the chops that he was delivering to Claudio and then and then the the no sell by Castagnoli Kingston just throws a straight right right mm. into his jaw that was so awesome yeah. it, Two seconds later it, Claudio bam yes, right back that's what at I was him. gonna say yes exactly I mean, oh, the, the, these these two make magic uh and I hope this isn't the end of the feud uh we should probably get you know the third of this most recent trilogy at final battle, I hope. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Guys, my before money. we go any before we go any further, yeah, exactly. Before we go any further, we forgot to do the what's in the glass for the show tonight. Mm-hmm. And I thought of it because I heard you pop open a can, Jesse, and I'm like, shoot, I forgot to do that at the very beginning. What's I know we're all drinking something. I saw Justin take a sip. Is that a gin and tonic, Justin? Yes, sir. That's what I thought that was. Jesse, what do you got in the can? I'm thankful I have a peanut butter porter left in the fridge. That's what I what I chose. I'm, have you given Justin his porter? I was just yet? gonna say that I still have Justin's and I I was so tempted to drink it. That would have been such a dick <laughs> Don't such do a it. dick move if I had Don't done that. Do but. it. I might I might have to uh, invite myself over for Wrestle Dream. Uh mm, and I'll yes. drink it there. Yeah. Man, I hope I can get it to you before then, but yeah, maybe not. If if that's not, coming up soon, isn't it? Dream. Next Sunday, so a week from this weekend. Yeah, well, I'm out of town uh, this weekend, so you uh, might not see me until Wrestle Dream. <laughs> I have a Founders Dirty Bastard in the glass tonight. Great Scotch ale. If you've never had it, check it out. All right, moving on with the car. We had to get that in there. That's the signature of Top Rope Nation. If you're new to the show, what are we drinking as we talk pro wrestling? All right. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara. I'll go to Jesse here. Your thoughts, sir. Good in spots, sloppy in spots. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, again, kind of brings my overall grade down because I thought they actually told a pretty solid story throughout. And I'll, especially with, I mean, we're going to be, there's going to be a lot of homages to WrestleMania 19 in this match. Shout out to Taz in the beginning for locating that guy in the front row wearing his beat me if you can survive me if, if i let you t-shirt which i ah, yes. that was the first ecw t-shirt i ever purchased uh physical here as well you could definitely tell jericho was laying him in he said he was going to last week they obviously have a lot of tape on each other for over the last four years being stable mates counter each other's moves well but then the problem i think is Chris Jericho is just a little too old to be taking some of these moves. I think that's the problem with this match. Like there was a, a sloppy cutter, I think, in the in the middle of the match. The the top rope cutter that Sammy hit was a little sloppy as well. And I think with, with a younger performer, it's gonna look a little better. So Overall, I thought it was great. I'm assuming I'm going to let you guys sum up kind of the end of it because obviously there was a, an homage to a very famous match. The uh, the kick spot too, where Jericho did the springboard off the second rope and Sammy went to kick him, and they blew that spot right in front of the camera. That wasn't great. Sammy as well going for a moonsault to the outside, and Jericho had to run up about a foot and a half to catch him, and Sammy still hit his knee on Jericho's head, and it was yeah, it was it was ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Sammy came out, was played to the ring. Um, he had the light-up jacket on. He had tights similar to Jericho's um, at Mania 19, I believe, as yes. well. So that was Sh- that was an homage to that. Shout out Alan in our Facebook group, a uh, friend of the pod. He was the first that I saw catch it. I, I know there's lots of others that caught it too, but bravo to him. Yeah. Uh, Justin, were you able to see a good portion of this match? It it was off and on. I was trying to get the boy uh, to bed or getting him ready for bed during this. I will say he got super into this because I was Mm. more busy getting him ready for for bed than he was. Uh, And he was super into Sammy, which I think is kind of interesting. That's who he was rooting for. Uh, He got drawn into the match, seemed to enjoy it. Um, 
I missed some of the missteps in the match. So I, I thought from what I saw, it was better than apparently it actually was. And I loved the finish. I thought uh, Sammy sold that beautifully, just being knocked out. Uh, nice touches with the ring gear. It was a little weird just because it was an homage to his opponent who had actually lost in that match. And, you know, obviously it was, you know, he was planning on turning on Jericho. And then Don Callis coming out, like, seemingly for no reason. Because, I mean, like, Don Callis's other guy, Osprey, already beat Jericho at All In. So mm. why he needs to rope in Sammy Guevara just to rub salt in the wound, I guess. Uh, and the fact that he didn't play any part in the finish kind of took away from it a little bit to me. It was just all a little odd. I think it would have just been more effective if this had happened in like the main event of a dynamite, if they just waited, you know, until next Wednesday. Yeah. Instead I of just being stuck in the middle of the card. Yeah. I did think the finish, despite all the missteps we mentioned and stuff, and I, I agree with Jesse that Jericho's just at this stage in his career, a little tough to keep up with some of these moves. I did think that they hit that finish really good, though. It looked yes. good live, mm -hmm. at least. And I, I didn't go back and watch it back. But the shooting star, Sammy goes up top, and he turns it into the code breaker. Oh, I thought that was really good. And then, yeah, in the aftermath, you get Sammy and Jericho, and, and they basically recreated WrestleMania 19. So they do this hugging spot, and then you get Sammy kicking Jericho, low blow, and then, you know, Jericho down on his knees leaned up against the abdomen of Sammy as Sammy pushes him away and it was exactly what uh, Jericho did to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19 so do you guys let me just ask you now because we got another thing later in the match they call back to a lot of the stuff that happened in WWE you know the rival company do you think that's a problem or do you think it's okay it doesn't really bother me I mean it's it's they're calling back to stuff that happened long before AEW ever existed. And that's, you know, that's what we always liked about AEW when it started is that it wouldn't ignore wrestling history. And and that's a part of wrestling history. Yeah. It's right, unprecedented. We've saw, we've seen like FTR and punk do it a lot in the past. And, you know, here again, we got something later in the show. The thing later in the show, I'm not, I was not as high on, as some other people. Oh, we'll really? Really? We'll, we'll get oh, to that. Oh my god! Go okay, wow. Yeah. Get it. Go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. I think I think it's 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 unprecedented that another company is doing it. I would really have to do some tape studying to see if there was anything from the early to mid '80s that was touched upon in another promotion in the '70s. I think that mm -hmm. would be pretty sweet to just kind of dive into that piece. I was going to ask you guys this as well. What happened at the end of the Christian Chris Jericho WrestleMania 20 match? Because that actually came into my head too. Because there, there was a turn at the end of that match. Christian ended up linking up with Trish Stratus. That, that was Trish turning. It was Trish. Okay. Yes. Did she yes. give the low blow, a low blow to Jericho there as well? That I don't remember how oh. she actually turned. It was at the end of that match, but I, I don't remember how it happened. Yeah, because that, that popped into my mind at first. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's WrestleMania 19. So mm. I thought maybe it was a little yeah. bit of both. Well, I guess we know how Ty Conte is going to turn on Sammy later on. <laughs> uh, yeah, my child. I, I, am, I am glad that they took Sammy heel, though. I think Sammy Guevara is a babyface. is shitty. I don't think it works. Yeah, if he can wrestle like a heel. Yeah, true. 
I just I think character wise, like the um, the way he carries himself, I I just think he's much better suited as a heel. But then you have Chris Jericho as a face. Yeah, I think at this point in his career, I mean, he's shout out Michael Jenkinson. He's like a living legend. I mean, I don't think people really want to yeah. boo Chris Jericho at this point. So I think it works. I'll, um, I'll that. Yeah. We also got, um, let's see, when did, when did this air? They had the backstage segment where they were talking about, you know, they had Christian and um, he challenged Darby Allen to a three-way for the TNT title. This will be on Collision from Grand Rapids on Saturday night. You got the tag match at Rampage, which is taped tonight. Uh, two-hour Rampage on Friday night taped at Arthur Ashe. And then Collision Saturday night, they're going to do a three-way dance. Christian, Darby Allen, and Luchasaurus for the TNT title. And Justin, I'll say, I would not be surprised if this time Christian outright actually wins the TNT title. What do you think? I'm all for it. (laughs) Although it is way funnier for him just to hold the title when he's not actually the champion. True. (laughs) That is true from an entertainment standpoint, for sure. I think, I think that's my prediction. I think he's legit going to be the TNT title. Okay. The champion after Saturday. This, I did notice this is the first time, at least that I've noticed when he was talking about that match where he said, he said something to the extent of, you know, I am I am the TNT champion or we or something like that. Like he actually roped in Luchasaurus as mm-hmm. a TNT champion. Now, whether or not that's a coincidence or a mistake or whatever, I, I it could play into collision. Yeah. The thing the thing that threw me off is that they did this before what will be their match on Friday for Rampage, which I get I get you want to promote what's going to be happening on on collision. But to me, that kind of took away from, you know, the tag match with, you know, at uh, Sting. True. Yeah. That's going to be a loaded card on Saturday. Yes. Jay yeah. White Andrade. Mm-hmm. I, that's going to be really good. Of course, Starks Danielson, Texas Deathmatch. Both Humpers. Yeah. Both Humpers. <laughs> yeah. FTR is probably going to throw in an underrated gem against a team that they're very familiar with in the workhorsemen. I know most of us out in the audience aren't familiar with them, but I know they are. So I think it'll be a solid showing. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Moxley defending the international title against Ray Phoenix. So obviously everyone's talking about it because of how this finished. We did get Ray Phoenix winning the TNT title and as i said earlier i cannot imagine that this was planned i i have heard that AEW thought that they should do kind of like a rapid fire title change out of nowhere to keep the fans on their feet because we haven't really got that much in this promotions history um but you know with that said i just cannot imagine ray phoenix great worker but just totally cold right now yes I, i can't imagine he would be booked to win the tnt title from moxley who had that great match with orange cassidy just a couple of weeks ago like how could that possibly in the, be in the card so um the match itself was pretty good um i i wouldn't say it was one to like go out of your way to see or anything like that but it, it had its moments um there was a spot where ray phoenix came off the entrance ramp taking out moxley that looked good um we had a frog splash from ray phoenix at one point in time Phoenix you know, just being very aggressive, trying to uh, 
get the championship, which you wouldn't have thought would happen. But then late in the match, you had Phoenix go for a pile driver where Moxley is draped over his shoulder. And on the replay, it is clear that Moxley's head dramatically went into the mat. I mean, it was eerily similar to Austin and Owen Hart at SummerSlam 97. I mean, he planted him in the mat and he immediately went for the cover. And you had the one, the two, and then the referee held up on three, but Moxley did not kick out at all. And then they were immediately trying to cover and they said like, oh, he might have on commentary. They're like, oh, he might have twitched or something like that. And the fans started booing and the referee is like checking his shoulder. But then right away, they they get up to their feet. Moxley stood. So, you know, Moxley's a big dude. Ray Phoenix did not lift him dead weight. He barely touched him. Moxley immediately got up to his feet, stood there on his own power. Phoenix picked him up, did the DDT again. This time covered pinfall wins the title. So this had to be an audible because of the injury. And I think it was incredibly risky to do that move a second time. Um, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of conversation right after this happened real quick. Yeah. People on Twitter were saying, Oh, it's a stinger. It was a stinger. And I immediately said, now maybe some news will come out. I'll look like an idiot saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I don't know how that could have been a stinger because he immediately got to his feet and the stinger is like a spinal injury. And I mean, this was less than 30 seconds after he took the move and Moxie clearly gets to his feet very quickly, stands there under his own power, takes a move again. So my immediate thought was he just got knocked loopy for a second and forgot to kick out. He was clearly conscious and he was talking to the ref after the, the messed up pinfall attempt. But I was like, stinger, that doesn't make it unless he recovered super quick. That doesn't make any sense. And then I saw PEW Insider said concussion was the thought backstage. Uh, I think they dodged a bullet, obviously. Could have broken his damn neck here. Um, But from, I mean, we're recording this just less than an hour after Dynamite went off the air. But from what I saw and what we were hearing right now, it looks like it was a concussion. I mean, there was pictures of people backstage. Saw like Renee, Tony Khan. I think Claudio was there. Moxley backstage. Everyone huddled around. Um, When they went to commercial... Renee came out to the ring and they dimmed the lights and they were, they were looking him over and everything. So it was definitely a very, very scary thing. But what threw me off again was that he got to his feet right away. So I, I, I wouldn't have known how that could be a stinger. Uh, Justin, what did you have? Um, yeah, I was, I was thrown off by the fact that this wasn't the plan just because he got back up right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was obvious that he was ready for that three count after the first one. There was, there was a lot of chatter going on. You could see him talking. So that, that kind of told me that he thought that was the plan because he did get back up. And if that wasn't the plan, if he was able to get back up, just like with Austin and Owen at SummerSlam, he could have at least done a roll up if he was supposed to retain, you know, unless he was, yeah, unless he was knocked loopy or something like that and just spaced out for a second just blacked out for a second but yeah but to your point they did the exact same move so it's like that was the plan thing i don't know if maybe my we we don't know right now i'm I'm sure in the next 12 hours the story will get out there so if we had waited a while to record but moxley was talking so i i wondered live if he had said like i'm fucked up haven't pinned me and they 
since they messed up the pinfall attempt, they're like, got to do something. So he just did the same move again and then pinned him. I don't, I, I would think Moxley called it the way it seemed to play out in the ring, but who knows? We'll find I, I out mean, very soon. You, you would certainly kind of hope that it was an audible because like you already said, I mean, this is, you know, a phenomenal professional wrestler in Ray Phoenix, but also kind of, you know, pardon the pun, but stone cold <laughs> coming yeah, into totally this cold match. right now. I can't imagine with the way they built up this title that they would yes, script exactly. him to actually win it after that long run with OC and the main event at all out. And then it's like a couple weeks later, put on a guy who's totally cold. That doesn't make any sense it, unless you're just trying to shock everybody. It already feels like it's lost some of its luster. All, yeah. all the work that orange did to build it up going to Mox, And, you know, I, I hate to say that because like I said, Phoenix is amazing, but it just does, it immediately feels less important. Yeah. So, I mean, if the story comes out that this was actually the plan finished, I don't agree with that decision at yeah. all. Uh, go ahead, Jesse. I did say last week on the show, Ryan, that we're due for AEW to pull a swerve here and have somebody just come out of nowhere and win a championship. I just didn't think yeah. it was going to be Ray Phoenix defeating John Moxley. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought that. Honestly, I if you would have asked me before the show. I would have went with Joe beating MJF compared to I'll this get one. To that. I'll get to that yeah. later, too. I really like the match in spite of the, the finish. I, I love the contrast in styles with the high flying versus just the, the, the smash mouth of it all, where like I think Phoenix was doing a bunch of aerial stuff. Mox just goes with a forearm. Phoenix just drops. Best move stuff. in the night. Mm-hmm. Best yeah. move in the night. Mox throwing that elbow to the yes. flippy stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, like I said, I mean, great chemistry be- between the two because their match right before All In, I thought was excellent as well. So I think one way to save face here would be for Ray Phoenix to get hot and win a bunch of matches and tell a story because we, we've all known for the last four years that this guy is one of the top pro wrestlers in the world. The problem is, like you said, you just came in cooler than a polar bear's polar bear's toenail just blew an outcast line my apologies <laughs> so, so no i'm i'm very excited i'm i'm hoping that that they can right a wrong here i mean maybe have moxley win it in like three or four months give mox some time off too he i think he deserves a little bit of time off yeah. right now this this is a, this is a good time to call an audible and let him let him heal a little bit mm-hmm. yeah for sure all right. Um, and then they followed this up. Jesse, we we're talking on text, of course, with the women's match, <laughs> the cool down segment before the main event. And uh, you get Soraya defending the AEW women's title against Tony Storm. Tony Storm's got the new entrance now with a black and white, you know, very theatrical new theme song, kind of like what 20 sounding music or so. Uh, <laughs> she's, I mean, we said it before. She's the most entertaining woman on this show by a long shot um but she did not win the title tonight jesse what do you think about her not winning the title in this match especially since nothing happened afterward i really question that decision because i in my notes i wrote tony storm is brilliant in all caps like Mm -hmm. everything she did in this match i loved it from the rolling underneath the ring to grabbing the shoes, 
hitting Ruby with it. I and I think the wardrobe change underneath too. All of it, mm-hmm. I I just thought it was awesome, and she she's a hell of a worker too. I actually thought Soraya was okay in this match. I this was short, sweet, to the point. I I thought they did a, a really good job. Unfortunately, the outcome was not the one that probably should have gone through. That's just I was stunned by thing. this. I'm not mm-hmm. totally on board with this decision because to me, can Soraya carry this title and the interest in the title outside of wrestling Tony Storm? Like, can you put her in in there with anybody else and people be invested? Because I feel like she can only work with Tony Storm right now for people to care. Jesse? It's going to depend on her opponent completely. Yeah, and I just don't see the interest in Soraya as women's champion outside of a Tony Storm feud. So, to me, I would have moved. She's the most compelling character right now in the women's division. Now, when when she won Soraya, I thought, we got to be getting a face off with Mercedes Monet. She's got to be coming out because why else? You know, put the because Mercedes come in. She's going to get cheered. You got Soraya playing heel. That dynamic would make sense. But no, nothing. Just the finish. And, you know, it, it was fine, except for, again, here was one of my nitpicks. I thought the way that they shot the finish was bad. You know, mm-hmm. so they had done the thing where they took the turnbuckle off on, on the lower uh in the, the lower ropes in the corner. And then Tony comes in like she does, rushes in, butt shot, you know, <laughs> to Soraya. But Soraya moves, and then it was supposed to be like she hit herself on the metal, but she like very clearly did not connect at all. I would have shot that from far away because they had the camera right there. And you could tell that it was like not even close to a connection. And then she kind of, you know, slowly came out of the corner. Uh, and even, know, even if you do connect with that, what does that do? And I'm like, I know it's just on like, your ass. A, very quick, just stings for a second, you know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it, it was clear she didn't touch it at all, and so I mean, that was bad directing, and in, in my opinion, but that, that's all I saw. That was my big takeaway. I thought it was kind of a sloppy finish. Having gone back and seen some of the highlights, is this the most kickouts out of pretty protected finishers for a sub ten minute match ever? I mean mm. that, that's that's a yeah. way bold statement. I don't that I don't actually mean, but did they both kicked out of each other's finishers before yeah. hitting them later? Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Digging the rest. Yeah, of that was surprising. On that one too. Yeah. For for I, I think it was an eight minute match right around that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think again, this was. I thought it was a good show. I don't want to be like too sour on the show. I did think it was a good show. I enjoyed watching it, but I just thought it was pretty average all around because we didn't really get uh, outside of Eddie at the opening winning the title, which we all thought was almost certain to happen. We didn't get Tony winning. I thought the main event, which we're about to go get into, was fine, but no like huge angle or anything coming out of that. The odd booking of the international title. I don't know, man. I just I didn't think it was a super memorable show, to be honest with you. This this is one I would have pulled the trigger on. With Tony Storm, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. And then from there, you can... Yeah, there's so many more opponents that she can defend with, especially coming off of Chris Statlander's win over Britt Baker on Collision, which was also a very good match, I think. People can go back and watch that. So, yeah. I mean, the women's division, in spite of its booking faux pas, has actually been putting on some pretty decent performances. Yeah, I mean, I just... I can't see Soraya 
working anybody else. And so it feels like they're just going to keep on the story and they'll have a rematch. And then you'll have Tony finally win the title again, you know, maybe at, well, I don't know if they'd already come back at wrestle dream full gear. So almost two months away, maybe full gear, big crowd, who knows, but it just, it just seems like, I don't know why extend it. Just do it now and transition to something else. It directionless booking in the women's division, which has been the MO for four years. Yeah, for sure. Main event time, Samoa Joe challenging MJF for the AEW world title. We did have a segment earlier in the show where uh, MJF and Cole arrived in uh, MJF's Ferrari, I believe it was. And they they talked backstage. And and during the middle of it, there was a phone call. And uh, Adam Cole had to get out of Dodge because Roddy Strong thought he was dying. And before this, earlier in the show, they had shown that Roddy was in the hospital and Cole had visited him. And then he said he had to go for the match. And Roddy was mad about that. So in the main event, when MJF comes out, he does not have Adam Cole there initially. But what he did have was a small child backstage and his father. And he called back to a what was a 94 or so commercial that WWF had where Bret Hart was about to make his entrance and then the kid screams out Brett, you know and then the camera zooms in on him and he slowly walks over the kid and the kid says go get him champ basically recreate recreated the whole thing and then you know max what did he do put his scarf on the kid mm-hmm. and then he leans down and he tells the kid he's adopted and the kid's like dad am i adopted it was kind of funny but i don't know man this i'm a bit i'm a bret hart fan I thought this was a little too much. I I didn't think it was, I was not as high on this as other people were. I thought I was like, all right, that's a little too cute for my taste. Did Bret Hart spin that off of Joe Frazier's Coke commercial from the eighties? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he did. That might be right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was a spinoff of a spinoff. Yeah. I I don't know. I, this didn't do much for me. Justin, you liked it? Yeah, it was fine. I thought it was fun. I, I, I figured you would have loved it. I mean, cause it, it played off Bret. But to MJF's character, does it make this was, look minor league again to like constantly, constantly imitate the competition? I mean, not that. I mean, well, this is stuff from years ago. They're not imitating him right now. And yes, we were all kids back then, and we have the nostalgia for it. But you're talking on the same show, homage to WrestleMania 19. Later in the show, homage to a commercial the other company did. I mean. I don't know, man. It makes it seem like you're acknowledging the other company is much bigger and better than you are, that you want to imitate them. This story story started from an NXT incident back in 2016. Yeah, and there you go. That too. I Okay. You definitely have a point there that on basically any other show, it would have been better received. But because of, you know, what happened earlier... It just maybe felt like a bit much. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm still fine with it, but I can definitely see your argument. That's that's probably where I'm at. Just because, yeah, added in with earlier, it was a bit much for me. So yeah. overall, um, the match. So MJF comes out and he's wearing this tribute to New York. He's got all the sports teams on his jacket. He's got the New York Mets inspired ring gear. I thought that was a nice touch. I'm sure our boy Frank Pettiani enjoyed that. And I mean. The match was very good, I thought, Jesse. Yes, very good. I will hastily admit that when Samoa Joe hit the pile driver on the outside, 
I wanted the match to be over. I wanted Samoa DQ, Joe to right? be the right? This AEW was not champion. no DQ. No, I wanted to be the champion. Oh, you wanted the pin. Okay. I wanted the I pin I was confused there. that wasn't a DQ. This was not a no DQ match. Very, very fair point. But at the same time, how many DQs have there been in AW history? You could probably count it on two hands. Yeah. It, is there a history in professional wrestling of that being a disqualification in a match? I thought that was kind of fair game since, it's, you know, you're not hitting them with an illegal, illegal object. It's just it's the floor. Nothing mm, you can really do yeah, about I guess, that. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I took it as the floor is an illegal object, but like you've gone too far. But you're right. It wasn't a foreign foreign. Object, I, I mean, I, I have a problem with that spot, but that's not my problem. OK. Oh, indulge us. What is your yeah, problem? Please do. Uh, well, first off, I, wa- I want to say I, I did thoroughly enjoy this match. I, and, you know, just it's kind of just like with the all in match, which I also enjoyed. It's just that they keep putting in moments that take me out of it. And the pile driver on the cement was one of them. Or I should say what happened afterwards is I didn't think they sold it well enough. I mean, you had all the doctors show up and Joe, you know, beat up a bunch of them and pushed Mm. them away and then threw MJF in there. But kind of like Jesse, like I was like, holy shit, this is it. You know, I mean, that I think that's where you may have needed the Adam Cole run in. And speaking real quick of a show that kind of felt a little snake bit, it looked like he injured his leg coming out. <laughs> yeah, Adam Cole. I was going to bring that up when he jumped off. He runs down. He jumps off the elevated ramp to the ring that they were using, like early 90s WCW style, late 80s. And yeah, I think he twisted his ankle or something because then he was like limping over to the other side of the ring. And then the referee in the main event appeared to legit get hurt when he jumped out of I don't, I don't know why he jumped out of the ring like that couldn't he just jump across <laughs> the ring he like he bails out of the ring and he could barely stand he i think he was legit injured too jumping off of <laughs> a barricade or jumping off of a ramp and injuring an ankle where is when has that happened hmm. oh, yes maybe we should stop doing that nate yeah w. guys come on i mean god forbid they have to somehow extend this story just because adam cole's injured and can't wrestle for god knows dude i was watching him so closely after that to see if he could stand under his own power or if he was just holding himself up against the ring but obviously you know he got in the ring later and stuff and looked to be fine it it was a lot of wincing you watch again because i was watching closely too because like oh for fuck's sakes is this really (laughs) happening you didn't like blow out your acl or something did you dude (laughs) oh man I hope not. I hope I'm not jinxing him here, but man, that yeah, that looked right. bad. You're right, snake bit. There was little things throughout. Uh so you know, so I had a little bit of problem with the pile driver spot. If only because mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, with the story being MJF neck, his neck is messed up. And then that happens yep. and he's kind of fine like five minutes later. Uh and it's like the, the general story of this match I'm okay with, but they keep doing things that take me out of it. You have an arm check from the ref when, when you know, talking about Adam Cole when he runs out and seemingly injures his leg. That's when Samoa Joe is choking out MJF. The ref is doing, you know, the three arm check to see if he's actually out. But when Joe is cho- choked out, 
There is no arm check. The ref just kind of looks at him, does the mm-hmm. shooty gun fingers and call, rings for the bell, you know, and and then just to get my nitpicks out of the way. And then the handshake at the end doesn't make any like your opponent just choked you out via cheating in its opponent that it, this wasn't a baby face, baby face. You know, there was not respect coming in. But now all of a sudden you respect him for cheating to beat you. Okay, I guess. <laughs> This yeah, was, was technically unnecessary. heel versus heel. I was actually mm-hmm. going to make a comment that this could have been the first match that MJF has worked face in this entire promotion, but he was doing a lot of cheating. And I, yeah, I, I actually wish that MJF would have, I mean, granted, he, he did sell very well, but at the same time, he didn't sell long enough because Joe delivered some punishing moves throughout this entire mm-hmm. match so they should have told that story a little longer and that's why i bought in that's why i bought in on the pile driver on the side that's why i bought into the low blow into the muscle buster i'm like okay oh. that's gotta be it i was rooting for samoa joe at that point i'm like go ahead pull it off let's let's see a shocker in the night and then all the rest of and, that and, stuff and, okay and that's exactly my point it's like i am still sucked in because when joe hit that muscle buster unlike you i'm still rooting for mjf and when he kicked out of that i mean i audibly was like yes let's fucking go mm-hmm. you know yeah i thought with the muscle buster i thought that might be the finish when it happened mm-hmm. and the, the brutal move so right before the pile driver stuff on the outside when he was when max was slammed across the ring apron on the outside of the ring that looked oh, brutal mm-hmm. that was way yeah. worse than the pile driver i thought he was legit I was like, how could he not be injured? And then when you saw from the other angle, you saw he kind of came down on his back and he's probably fine, but it looked live. Like it was all his shoulder. He came down yes. on. I was worried that he was legit messed up after that. That looked brutal. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was a hard hitting match. I, yeah, I actually thought they might do the shock pinfall and, and then, and then I was kind of wondering, are they going to do the, the turn with Cole? Is that going to play into the finish to make this a memorable night? You know, what are they going to do here? And in the end, yeah, he, uh, he cheats to win. He chokes him out with the chain. He tried with the diamond, the dynamite diamond. Ref caught him. Uh, then the ref gets distracted, gets that chain, chokes out Joe. That was the finish. Handshake. Go off the air. So, I mean, good match. Little nitpicks here and there. There was some camera stuff in this one, too. There was a point where they were real tight in the corner where Max was doing the punches. And I don't know why you would ever shoot that like that. And it was very clear. He was like several inches away from punching Joe. That kind of thing just takes me out of it too. the immersion factor. And they quickly then cut to, a, I think, a low angle looking up where it looked a little bit better. I just felt they, they had a lot of odd camera cuts tonight where it was not advantageous to the performers and how you would shoot pro wrestling. Usually, and usually AEW is pretty good with you know how they direct these shows. That threw me off a little bit. But again, we're nitpicking there overall. Very good match. I agree that the handshake probably not necessary, uh, given how we saw that happen in, in the uh, the first match. I guess, you know, they had done the stuff with Joe and Punk several weeks ago, so you're wondering if Joe's going to turn on him. But, like, Cole's right there, too, so why would he go two-on-one? I don't know. And then they, they, were, they were on the celebration for a long time, like a really long time. Then they're promoting Rampage and everything, and... And they just went off the air. So there, there was no surprises tonight. Outside of the shock title change, nothing super out of the ordinary or anything that made this a super memorable night, I didn't think. That's why I gave it a, I said C plus because I thought average. I gave it a little bump because 
Like this was a very good match. I really enjoyed the the opener as well. But I just didn't think there was anything incredibly memorable about it. I, I could have easily gone C plus, but MJF demonstrated some good sweating. So I had to bump <laughs> it up to a B minus. You can give Joe a rematch down the line, I think, too, especially yeah. with the choke at the end, because like I said, he he dominated the match. And that's why it's really hard to grade these shows immediately after we're done, because with mm-hmm. all of the little things that you guys have been calling out for the last 51 minutes, I'll, I'll downgrade it to a B minus two. I think that's that's where I'm sitting. I, I, I enjoyed the top. I enjoyed the bottom. But yeah, you're right in the middle. It's just a sloppy shot. You dirty bird. Um, so should we just real quick, I can run through the card for rampage for those of you that if you're listening before Friday night, they taped this tonight in New York, uh, a loaded card again, two mm-hmm. hours. Rampage. Is it, is it loaded, <laughs> loaded as far as lots of matches? Okay. That a I agree with. Better, it's, it's top heavy. And then, yeah, you're right. It's. Yeah, we got the ROH six man title mogul embassy against the elite defending against the elite. We've got the AEW trios title acclaimed defending against uh, Dark Order ROH world tag title number one contenders match the kingdom against the Hardys against the righteous against the best friends tag team match Sting and Darby Allen against Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. We've got uh, Orange Cassidy, Hook, and Statlander taking on Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Anna Jay. Sky Blue against Julia Hart. And Mike Santana in action. That is the card so far. It is certainly a card. <laughs> so that will be Friday night. Um, what is what, what? Should I read the collision card too? I mean, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> do it do it Go Excalibur. yeah do it super fast like Excalibur. <laughs> do, it, do it as fast as i can uh here we go. go i'm going off their websites i don't even know if this is updated so we've got ftr against the workhorseman we have jay white against andrade ricky Bastard. starks against brian danielson look forward to that one big time rvd wrestling the show's in michigan his home state so Grand rapids his hometown yeah hometown yeah or wasn't it battle creek it's from battle creek that's right i think Grand Rapids is a like the next suburb over. Is it? Pretty oh. sure. I'm Grand pretty Rapids sure. Is a pretty big town, but um, now I got to look at what's Michigan around map. there. Kalamazoo is like an hour away. My uncle lives in Grand Rapids. I've been there once. Founders Brewing Company is there. One oh, breweries. You have That's a, a beer. great tap room there. You got a beer from there right now? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was. Duh, dirty <laughs> bastard. Founders. I'm actually drinking one right now. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> Collision is in. I'm holding it up. This town, Founders Brewing, Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. There you go. Gotta love it when booking accidentally comes together. (laughs) That's very WWE esque, right? (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't even know where Battle Creek is. Sorry to all of our listeners in Michigan. Yeah, Battle Creek's more like kind of south central in the state. Grand, it's straight. It's like straight south of Grand Rapids. It looks like, and then a little bit to the east. It's closer to Kalamazoo. Battle Creek is so not too far from his hometown. So they'll be in Grand Rapids on Saturday night for that show. I got to say, yeah, I'm looking forward to it just because of Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson running it back. Sixty miles apart. There you go. About an hour. So, not quite the next suburb over. Whoops. So if you're in Battle Creek, 
you got to make the drive Saturday night to welcome the home state guy back, Rob Van Dam in action, coming out to Pantera's walk, hopefully again. Boys, anything else before we wrap it up tonight? It's a late night. I hate to do this. Should we mention Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> For like five minutes. You would just throw in this WWE talk. <laughs> okay. Why I not? mean, yeah, I did. A, I did watch SmackDown. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We I'm should probably sorry. talk about it. Cut a clip from this later on for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Uh, Justin, Justin yawns like very yawn. exaggerated. I know. Oh, oh, I'm I sorry. I didn't mean for you guys to see that. <laughs> all right. All right. Jesse hit yeah. it. The Rock's I'll, return on SmackDown. I'll go with it. Rock and Pat McAfee tease it on the Pat McAfee show on Friday early afternoon that who knows might be making an appearance. And sure enough, there's a convenient Hollywood strike. <laughs> Pat back shows up, work now. confronts Austin Theory, stunner Austin. No pun intended there. Austin Theory, Pat McAfee go back and forth. Here comes Dwayne Johnson to one of the loudest pops you've heard of in the last few years from a WWE perspective. Segment was fine. It was cliche. It was typical Dwayne Johnson. I'm going to be honest here. Seeing him in that condition, I mean, he's he's huge. Don't get me wrong, but. He can't work a match. Hmm. Even if you give him another four or five months to get into WrestleMania shape, he can't work a match. It was great from a nostalgia perspective. It gave you a, a pretty solid rating. Gave the WWE audience, I'm assuming, what they want because they've been wanting this for the last two, three, four years. But All they want is for Dwayne The Rock Austin to finish the story. <laughs> Eddie Kingston finished the story tonight. Yes. Yes. Ray Phoenix finished the story. <laughs> <laughs> Is Dwayne going to finish it? I enjoy- Cody. I, I enjoyed the segment quite a bit. I enjoyed this segment. He hit the people's elbow on Austin Theory. So that was nice to see him do that. I mean, yeah, the this was not even a week ago. I'm looking on their YouTube channel right now. Uh, full segment has 5 million views. His entrance has 1 million views. They've Fox, caught a lot of different. Fox blurting out a good 75 to 90 seconds of the you are an asshole chant. Yeah. I, I fucking hated that. I thought it was so bad for television. Like, yeah, him trying to just be cool guy like, oh, let's fucking curse words. That's cool. And then it makes for horrible television while you're watching it, where it's just like, muted sounds where they can't even time it right so you're basically just getting the curse words you know every other mute yeah how does he not agree realize that, that going on yeah network tv that he, he can't doesn't give a shit he's that. just trying to be cool it's a very fair point his movies suck by the way he hasn't made one in quite a long time that i was that into i, I mean honestly my favorite rock movie is probably moana not yeah. gonna lie. I mean, watch it a lot with my kids. It's a good movie. Cool. Yeah. Animated, I mean, but... I'd agree with that. Walking Tall would be my number two. Walking Tall, like for one. Oh, that he's no, 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 no. Uh, the one before that is even better. Oh, the Rundown. Rundown. Yes, Rundown's fantastic. Yeah, his early ones were pretty good, and then he got in that routine of like doing. It seemed like every script that was sent to him, he was doing, and then the, all you know, all the Disney movies and stuff, and Central I mean, Intelligence with Kevin Hart was money. okay, but yeah. Yeah, everything else is 
yeah, not good. Yeah, good to see him back. I mean, yeah, there's been all that talk. He was open to working WrestleMania, perhaps. I mean, if he actually does it, sucks for Cody Rhodes, man. I <laughs> if he did that, it's like you got to have Roman drop the title to Cody at the Rumble or something, and then Rock and Roman would not need the title. We've said this many times before. If if that actually is in the cards and they do it, I agree with you. I don't know about him working a whole match, but if they if they try. I sure hope for Cody's sake they move the title over to him before that because, wow, <laughs> finish the story and he doesn't get the rematch because The Rock comes back. I thought that tweet I saw was pretty funny where someone was like, they need to bring in CM Punk so Punk and Cody can commiserate about The Rock stealing their WrestleMania moment. Okay, that th- this gin is really hitting me right now. Rock gave a reason for why, because apparently... WrestleMania 39 was quote unquote like set in stone. They're ready to go. Why did he say that didn't happen? He, he gave some reasons. Yes. Uh, oh shit. Who the hell was he talking to? I don't know. Google it folks. It's out there. He gave some reasons and they suck. I don't believe it was ever locked in. He I said it was locked in. He said WrestleMania 39 was locked there in were certain plans. that folded and, uh, Boy, he gave some uh, some vague reasons as to why it didn't. Uh, was it about creative? Was it something about like he wasn't sure the story would come together or something? I'm I'm reading it on the fly right now, <laughs> looking it up. It might have been. Jeff Jarrett said that he didn't buy the excuse. I don't know. Jarrett was asked about this recently. Jeez, it wouldn't be like World I- Wrestling Entertainment to get rid of a part-timer and then bring in another part-timer. Stop making me like Uncle Jeff more, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> okay, so here we go. While on the Pat McAfee show, Rock revealed that they were trying to come up with an idea that had never been done and they couldn't come up with anything, so they paused the talks. What? <laughs> they couldn't come up with anything. The motherfucker, don't say it was locked in then. And they yeah. still can't come up with something original over the next handful of months. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. He obviously he obviously teased it and everything, but mm. we'll see. It was good to see the guy. Unbelievable pop. That crowd was shocked to see him. I, I watched it with my kids the next morning. I'd already seen it I, just because I wanted to see what their reaction to it was, especially my oldest, and she went nuts seeing him. So it was a good moment, but yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens in Philadelphia. I'm sure that sex pest in charge will ruin it, whatever it is. Did you uh, see Vince was walking with a cane apparently recently? Sounds about right for a supervillain. <laughs> Could you see him just petting a cat? <laughs> you guys seen that graphic going around on like Instagram and Twitter where it's him in the 80s and like what he bought WWE for WWF and then him modern day and like what they the, the payout he got with the merger and how many billions of dollars it is or whatever. And the pictures are like illustrated. He looks so ridiculous with that mustache. He really does look like a supervillain in that picture. It's so bad. Oh, all right. We couldn't go without a little <laughs> WWE talk. Jesse, you had to do it to us. Dwayne Johnson, that's huge. That's a that's a really big, really big story. True, and probably next week we're not going to be doing a regular show. We'll see how it goes, but we are planning on recording classics next week. 
So usually the classic weeks, that's all we do. So this is another reason to join the Patreon for all the all of you listeners out there. The link is in the description of the podcast or here on the video as well. Because we put a lot in these classic shows. I mean, they're only for our Patreon supporters. We go usually two hours at least, sometimes two and a half. They take a long time to edit because I throw in bonus audio and stuff like that. And so we're putting that out for the people supporting us on Patreon. And we got over 100 bonus podcasts on that Patreon right now. Just in the last, what, two weeks, we've dropped about five hours of bonus content with you know our last edition of Classics. Jesse, you dropped TRN Unplugged recently. You got another one coming up. You guys need to sign up for the Patreon page if you like this show because you're getting so much bonus content over there. The archives are deep. You know, you can go way back. And uh, it's the be- it's definitely the best way to support what we are doing and keep keeping this podcast going and helping us invest in the show moving forward. So if you want to do it, it's patreon.com slash top rope nation. Get all that bonus content. You can sign up for a seven day free trial. Get full access with that, by the way. And if you don't like it, cancel. No harm done, but you can see exactly what you are getting and sample all of those shows. And next week, it is the, what is it? The October 86, but it was taped in September of 86 edition of Saturday night's main event. Looking forward to it a lot. Should be a lot of fun, you guys. Anything else for the good of the cause? Michael Jenkinson and I are recording on Monday, so that'll probably be out before Classics. So we're going to cover Breakdown 1998 in the WWF. There you go. We probably got over four hours of bonus shows coming next week. The the flagship will not exist. There'll be a teaser of Classics, but you can hear over four hours of content if you join the Patreon page. There you go. Good selling point. Justin, thoughts? (sighs) I try not to. Let the gin speak. (laughs) well uh definitely a special shout out to all of our patrons their names are going across the board right now here on the video stream and if you didn't join us live tonight check us out sometime subscribe to the channel we are about 30 subscribers away on our own channel from hitting a thousand so if you're watching us right now on the se scoops channel this will go up on demand on the top rope nation channel where you can find our full archives Going back to 2016, most of those shows are not here on SE Scoops. So subscribe. I know I have the link here in the description on the SE Scoops channel, or you can just search Top Rope Nation. We are so very close to 1,000 subscribers. So please help us out. Subscribe. It's free to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We would appreciate it. And also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. However you listen to us, we are grateful for you and very much appreciate it. So with that said, I am Ryan Drosty. They are Jesse Velasquez and Justin Joint. And this has been episode 311 of Top Rope Nation. We'll see you all next time. Have a great weekend. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 